Anashree. And it's Tomi. Welcome to this week's episode of Allow Me to Intersect, a podcast all about having uncomfortable, relatable, and ever-evolving conversations. Today, we're exploring love as separating humanity from image. What does it mean to truly love someone? And is it possible to love someone society has marginalized when you yourself haven't been forced to practice radical self-love? Now, I know that's a lot of arbitrary verbiage, but hang in there because we're going to break all of this down. Welcome right. back. <laughs> how's, how's life been in the last couple of weeks since we talked? Rough. <laughs> Leia's suffering from, what's that thing? Oh, like buyer's remorse. I feel like that's like the equivalent. <laughs> It's like I you cry for a job and then you cry on the job. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, I'm never happy. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to tough it out, I guess. Um, okay, so you guys, today's topic is gonna be fun. It's a little, it's a little interesting, but basically, like the point for this topic is to kind of explore love as separating humanity from image, which is an illusion, right? Like image and how we present ourselves to the world and how we're conceptualized in this world is just an illusion Mm -hmm. it's fake um so I know that this is a bit of an arbitrary concept in terms of like okay love and separating humanity from image um so Mm -hmm. just bear with me for a little bit I'm just gonna like set the stage of what I mean and if at any point I'm talking and you're like this makes no sense this is nonsense just like (laughs) stop me because I promise like other people will be confused too Mm -hmm. okay So here's kind of like my train of thought when I'm thinking about all of this. Hmm. I feel like for some people, not I feel, I know that for some people, their Hmm. survival in this world depends on their ability to love themselves radically and to be in Hmm. touch with their own humanity. So I feel like that process and that experience then equips you to actually love others and remember when I say love I'm exploring love as meaning like the ability to see someone's humanity as separate from their Mm. image so I feel like while for other people if you occupy a certain privileged space in life like your survival doesn't depend on you getting in touch with your your humanity you know Mm. like you can get by in life without ever confronting that because the world is constantly telling you you're worthy Um, You've never had to like really dig deep to confront your own humanity and worthiness. So Mm -hmm. like also everybody just like relax. I'm not saying that privileged people (laughs) don't have depth. Okay. It's fine. I'm just saying that like (laughs) my point is like, if that's the case, then do you ever really develop the ability to truly love another human being? Like if you haven't been forced to confront your own humanity, your entire life, do you really gain that ability? And I'll elaborate on this a little bit further and give more examples of what I mean, but I just want to get your guys' like first thoughts on that. I have one question of like, what do you mean by radical self-love? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how is that different from self-love definition or something that I've seen on say, obviously all my knowledge comes from Instagram, but like sure. Instagram mm-hmm. hashtags mm-hmm. like self-love. Yeah, that's a really good question. So if you occupy a certain space in life, you're not forced to fight for your freedom and therefore you're not for- forced to fight for the freedom of humanity. And now specifically when you talk about radical self-love and how that differs from self-love, I'll use my one of my favorite quotes on self-love by Lizzo. So she says, In this one interview, she said, I don't think that loving yourself is a choice. I think that it's a decision 
that has to be made Mm. for survival. And then she says, it was in my case, loving myself was the result of answering the question, do I want to live? She goes on to say, I chose to live. So I had to accept myself. So in this quote, like Lizzo's talking about self-love as being an act of self-preservation and survival. And for Mm. some people, that's not the case. They can live and have self-doubt and have all of these things. For some people, it's like, no, if I want to live and if I'm going to make it day to day, I have to practice a level of self-love that most people don't ever have to fuck Mm. with. So like, again, don't get me wrong. Like, I think we're all trapped to some extent. And I think in a way this applies to absolutely everyone. But if you don't have to practice radical self-love in order to survive, like if I'm told on the daily I'm worthy, then I don't have Mm. to do this. And if I don't have to practice this kind of like seeing myself and knowing what it means to be human and knowing that I'm worthy of respect because of my humanity, then I'm like, I don't have the experience of truly loving someone that exists outside of what society says is worthy of love. Does that make sense? Because I'm like, by in this, what Lizzo's talking about of like self-love is this act of survival. It's like you are Mm. cultivating the skill and the ability to love someone that society says is not worthy of love and Mm. other people do not cultivate that skill if you don't have to practice it with yourself or with your child or something then you probably don't cultivate the skill and it's like the whole thing we were talking about in our fat phobia episode it's the whole us freaking out about gaining five pounds and then telling our fat friends we love them like newsflash you don't love your your fat friends and if you're Mm. freaking out over over that five pounds that's revealing. If you find yourself and you're not in a position where you're desperate for freedom, and I mean like desperate, then Mm. I don't think you can truly go to that place of like a deep love for humanity. Do you think that people's ability or inability to love themselves impacts their ability to love you? Does that make sense? Okay. And please (laughs) be clear that when I say to love themselves. I'm not talking about having a mental illness. I'm not talking about like body dysmorphia and real um, illnesses that prevent people from seeing themselves as they are and loving themselves. Yeah, I think I agree with you in uh, in terms of, I don't know if it this is similar and I would ask you like, is this similar that when I think I've heard this quote of like, if you don't love yourself, then how are you like, how are you going to love? How, are, how do you yeah. expect others to love you, love you as well? Like if you don't see the light in yourself, it's hard for you to see the light in others as well as the other people can't see the light in you. No, I think that's true. I think it plays into a different area, but I also think it applies here as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, radical self-love, I agree with Lizzo, is a choice. Uh, Sorry, it's not a choice. It's like a decision that you make. It's like, okay, I'm going to accept the person who I see who have become because you're constantly challenged by so many societal norms or like in general society by like, oh, this is how you should be. Like there are different uh, rules, apparently like non-existent rules that you're supposed to become by this age, by that, um, like in that role, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then here you are sitting um, on probably late at night thinking like, so if I look at myself from outside, do I really 
love this person mm-hmm. who I have become, who mm-hmm. I have, who has been sailing through life to like learning, adapting, falling, and honestly, sometimes like do not even have that time to actually do that. Like I think it's a journey you come to. Probably, I have it. Like I didn't think about it all my like up until see three a year ago. Like in the pandemic, I was just like I had more time, and I I was like sort of quote unquote evaluating myself. Like what I and I fell in love, and I was like, okay, now I'm going going to start. I do love this woman, and like mm-hmm. who I have become. but it was a difficult thing to come to and i don't mm-hmm. know i haven't been told like i haven't been told i was worthy in in fact it was the opposite um of like i was constantly hating myself to be in certain body certain um when when i didn't have a job like certain status you know like you equate certain things with self worth like having mm-hmm. a job uh being thin or um being able to do whatever like have you like what whatever capitalism and like what other things have told you like this is your worth mm-hmm. um so that's when i got the time to to think about it but that's what i now when you have asked this question i'm thinking was it that i was okay being like have accepted that fact that i was not worthy and i kept on going till 29 years of my life uh, was that my privilege or was that just like a a delusional way of living life right that's a really really interesting point because i my original thought is no that's living in pain is not privilege but you make a really good point about the fact that some people can't even bury their head in the sand and ignore that right because yeah. there are there are markers that yeah are threatening your life and threatening there are all of these other challenges so yeah maybe there is an extent of of privilege to that where you can kind of be like at the end of the day block it all out block all the messaging out and just mm. kind of live with it but i i still think it's it's a state of suffering and everybody yeah. kind of gets to a point in your in their lives where you're like I have a choice. If I this is not a life to live and if mm. I'm going to live like the world out there is not validating my personhood. They are not yeah. validating my humanity, so I have to do that. It is my job. Mm. Yet if you're in a different body, the world will help you and they will validate your humanity and they will help so you won't have to do a lot of that work. But because mm-hmm. you're in the body that you're yeah. because you ac- occupy the space that you're in, you're like I have to do all that heavy lifting. And I'm like yeah. that experience and that skill I think is what allows us to love people who once again exist mm. out of that tiny tiny sphere that is what humanity says is or what society says is acceptable. Yeah, no, that's that's actually something that I've never really thought about when I was reading your questions last night. I was like I don't get it. Is is it a me problem that I'm like am I stupid like baby because I I don't no. understand like the concept of self-love because I don't apply it to myself and I don't know mm. if that's like a good thing or bad thing. 
And when you talk about um, being invalidated, can you do you mind giving me an example of that? Totally. So I guess my thoughts on this is like, if I'm a cisgendered, able-bodied, white, attractive, straight, neurotypical, middle-class person, then I'm just not like, the world isn't constantly telling me that I am irrelevant or a problem that needs to be solved or just there's no space for me. Like the world is more or less built for me. But if Mm. I don't fall within that category, I am constantly maneuvering. Some people within that spectrum are absolutely more privileged than others. But if you're somebody who everybody that is being like, yeah, this is a problem or this person's irrelevant or all that stuff, you get to a point where you're like, the world, like policies made in my province, um, TV shows that I watch, the kind of music I listen to, like all of the information I'm taking in basically is a reminder that I am unworthy of love and or irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so in that way, you're like, okay, am I just going to live like that? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. am I going to make a decision to be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I got me. And, and that's the kind of like radical self-love that people hate to see. Like Mm -hmm. that is the kind of radical self-love that people are really offended by, you know, like, and especially when, marginalized people when well, they exactly. decide to be to love themselves mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. I it sometimes like people bring up all sorts of questions to put them down and kind of question they're like how do you how dare you love yourself the way you are mm-hmm. um, exactly yeah, no. it's really offensive to people that people would have mm-hmm. the audacity to not hate themselves you know, that, that is really offensive to people. And so I do think that like, yeah, there are a lot of things that the three of us can go Mm -hmm. out into the world and we're pretty validated in in certain ways Mm -hmm. and whatever. We all have these different layers of that. But I think that, yeah, I guess I feel like with every layer that you kind of have to wrestle with your worthiness Mm -hmm. and kind of give it to yourself because you're not getting it from the world yeah I feel like every time we do that we equip ourselves a little bit more to actually love other people and because Mm. we actually you actually develop the skills to be able to see somebody and see their humanity as opposed to Mm -hmm. see someone and see them for their image Mm -hmm. because otherwise you're just loving a certain section of people who you relate to or Mm -hmm. who conform to your self-worth standards and I think, uh, Leah, I think you haven't, like, you and I, we haven't thought about it. And I, I mean, I'm still thinking about, like, I'm mm. not, I don't radically love myself. And it feels, <laughs> it feels so sad to say it out loud. But I think, you know, uh, people who have been, like, so ingrained in, in just, like, conforming to the societal norms that we kind of forget that we have an option not to fight them and Mm -hmm. just be ourselves rather Mm -hmm. than trying to constantly conform to these norms Mm -hmm. Um, but 
I think there is a privilege in that too, like to keep fighting. Like you have that strength because other things are working out for you. Mm -hmm. And that is why you have the strength Mm. to fight these societal norms. Whereas people who are marginalized on every single level, they don't have the strength anymore. Like one day you are going to come home and you're like, fuck it all. I'm going to just be my self-advocate. And it's Mm -hmm. hard work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work to advocate and like radically love yourself and because mm-hmm. people are going to question you constantly on like how why mm-hmm. like yeah you touch on a really important mm-hmm. point to this whole conversation is like your proximity to that thing you know what I mean and like your proximity to what is acceptable and like you know for some of us it's like we're a little closer to what's acceptable so yeah we have to maneuver and stuff like that but we're not that far away from it you know mm-hmm. and you're like you know maybe maybe I'm black but you know I'm straight sized and cis I'm like currently in a hetero relationship like all of these things and I'm just like yeah, I'm pretty close to it. I, you know what I mean? So it's just like, but then a really important point here is that like that acting or pretending or um, conforming or whatever is while it's its own kind of suffering, it's a luxury that a lot of people Mm. cannot afford. And it's like the only thing you can do is just accept yourself because nobody else is going to do it and radically love yourself. And that is its own kind of exhaustion Mm -hmm. and its own kind of suffering, not internally, but just because of how the world is. And it really is this like act of survival and Mm self-preservation. Whereas like you were saying, Manishree, like some of us can live longer without doing that. um, Whereas some people can't. Back to that original like, I feel like we're all kind of in agreement of what radical self-love means to some extent. And then mm-hmm. those sort of tools that we gain from that mm-hmm. to be able to, um, you know, see other people and see humanity and love. So I guess my question is then like, if I'm, you know, I went through that whole list of like, you know, cis, able-bodied, you know, neurotypical, middle-class, whatever, all of those things. I'm just not nearly as incentivized to see humanity set free, (laughs) right? As somebody else. So Uh, I, I guess I'm just kind of like, if I'm not incentivized to do it, because I'm not forced to do it, you know, because of the way I occupy space in the world, then why would I do it? (laughs) Like where, where would I get the skills to see and love humanity like can we blame these people who are occupying these spaces for not caring about humanity the blame thing um I don't know I'm, I'm my answer to that but I feel like um yeah they can't they they won't be able to see the entirety of why someone like a the suffering of people uh they probably be able to see suffering of people who are you know physically or um conventionally suffering so i think that is probably pushing them to do some kind of work like just 
your savior complex like you know mm-hmm. you kind of feel like oh i'm in this privileged position i must go and help these kids mm-hmm. or like whoever <laughs> right <laughs> right we all know what i'm talking yeah. about like mm-hmm. you, you see all those um um nice ably bodied uh, gorgeous ladies mm-hmm. <laughs> um quotes gorgeous but i guess beauty is subjective anyway i don't want to comment on that mm-hmm. but um like going into places and adopting kids mm-hmm. and like doing the mm-hmm. so i think that that's is, not that's, love yeah that's, no, 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 that's self not love. grandiosity and <laughs> pity no, exactly. but yeah so, like... so uh, yeah so that's what i like to see i think that's not seeing humanity but it's majorly equated as being human and like doing these massive human rights work mm, um mm. all of that like uh you basically do a bunch of donations and what not like i feel like that's all i just wanted to clarify that i know this is not this is not part of your question is this like for the audience i'm like trying to put this light bulb in as well like mm-hmm. that is not um humane like that's yeah. not seeing humanity or that's not you are not doing that because you like personally ache from someone else's suffering and like really want to help them out and do do something nice or like you know some something uplifting i mean yeah i mean using such no, problematic words <laughs> but um, um yeah i don't want to use those words but i think i should just probably redact my <laughs> sentence or anything but i'm just trying to say like this is not what it is but most of the people come from that emotion when they're when they say that they're doing something for the humanity or the human kind mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the emotion they are channeling like they're right. like okay i'm using my privilege i'm using doing this but all that's f- fine and dandy, dandy but like do you actually see the human side like do mm-hmm. you actually really love that person and, and that's kind of where yeah that's kind of where i feel like you're more incentivized by your desire to be a good person mm-hmm. which is so yeah. fair we all want to be good people and you're not actually incentivized by the fact that you're like i am desperate to see humanity be released from the chains that it is currently mm-hmm. under be, and i'm like you is it possible for you to get to that level if you aren't yourself in chains to some extent again whether through you personally or maybe your kid or something like that and that's kind of where i'm like can we even blame them for not caring for not actually yeah. caring like they don't like i'll say they don't know any better and they they think that what they're mm-hmm. doing like for example like you know like adopting kids in um china or vietnam is like something that makes them feel good and they're being like good people but they're doing it because they want that validation yeah i think for me like i got to this point where i was like oh i'm like i don't blame people for not caring mm-hmm. at all anymore what what bothers me is how no one can admit they don't care yeah that's what bothers mm-hmm. me and how everybody is 
like trying to convince me that they care so desperately and I'm like no you don't Mm -hmm. and I completely understand why you don't because if I were you Mm -hmm. I don't think I would either so why don't you save me some time and we can just move on from this conversation because I'm like I don't know I think it would be really difficult to like I keep going back to like that desperation and like of like just being like, man, this really, really has to change. It's crazy what we do to humans who <laughs> don't look and behave this way. It's crazy. It's crazy that people are like dying and being killed on the streets. Like we're just like, this is insane. We cannot do this. We cannot go on like this. Like yeah. if you aren't going to somehow benefit from humanity being like set free, then it's not really going to be on your mind. You're not going to really get it. You're not going to really feel the depth of the problem in your chest. So I'm like, you're not going to care. And I can come to terms with that. I just need you to come to terms with it because now I have to sit here and you feel bad because all of a sudden you're not the good person that you thought you were. And I just don't Mm -hmm. care. I just need you to release me from yeah. this conversation. Okay. I, yeah, that, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that's like insane? <laughs> that's a good explanation. Do you think that's like yeah. insane? It's, it's when people say I'm apolitical. You know, mm-hmm. you're not yeah. apolitical, but you just don't care. You're, yeah. you're either benefiting from the system. You're absolutely mm-hmm. benefiting from the system. And that is why you're apolitical, which which makes you, yeah, in a position of privilege mm-hmm. but you don't want to accept that because you know sudden, suddenly people are calling out each uh, like people's other people's privileges mm-hmm. and you don't want to be you don't want to sound like a douchebag but you're like always like oh yeah you know what like this doesn't like I focus myself on like my um, my work and my work mm-hmm. is my life and like I'm uh, my success plan and whatnot I'm like I don't have time for this politics or I don't have time for this um these arguments or like you know these heated debates on stuff no because you are actually benefiting from mm-hmm. from whatever is going on in in, in life so mm-hmm. I guess this is exactly like that like you can live apathetically and but no one wants to say that that out loud that I'm apathetic apathetic towards certain things right totally mm-hmm. totally and it feels it feels so harsh but there are just certain things that you know we see it and we hear and we're like oh man that's a problem mm-hmm. but we will just not be moved to do something about it and I just need more people to be able to admit that mm-hmm. like this is this is a problem and I can see that and for the you know 20 seconds that I was thinking about it it broke my heart a little bit but is that gonna drive me like am I convicted to do something about Mm -hmm. it no and I'm like that's fine how many fucking things a day do I ignore or not do something about like just admit it and we can all move on uh what do you do if these people are people who you love and people who are your family friends uh, people who seem to care about many things that you care about as well they, they live in this privilege where they don't have to be radically in, like love with themselves mm-hmm. like how do you navigate that situation because when when one person comes to real, realization about that like I think they can identify other people who are not in tune with themselves or mm-hmm. 
uh, don't have to love themselves. So like, how do you interact with those people? How do you navigate with your relationships with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's an interesting question because I was going to ask you both if you've ever had the experience of ending a relationship because like despite somebody's best efforts, they just didn't see you. So I'll answer to because I I think these play into each other. So I'll answer your question, Manishree. I think that, you know, I think that if I see somebody and we talk about, yeah, not them not having to love themselves, but to clarify, I think that concept just illustrates people not having to love humanity. Does that make sense in that way? Where, yeah, because, and when we typically start loving humanity by loving ourselves or whatever, But I think that for me, that was a big thing when I got to that point and I was starting to see it, like you were saying, like once you start doing it with yourself, you start to kind of see it all around. And I started to being like, oh, like I realized that the same, even though we think we're harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else, that's not really true. We just hear our thoughts and we don't vocalize them about other people. The same metric that I use to so cruelly judge myself is the exact same rubric that I'm using to judge everyone around me. And the second I realized that, I was looking at my friends and thinking, I know how you judge yourself and therefore I know how you judge me. And that was a really hard thing to un because I'm like, It's true. And that's what I'm talking about. That like moment of sort of radical self-love and being like, oh my God, I am worthy. I'm all of these things. And then you can take that and you can use it to other people. But when people have not connected with their whole, whole humanity, I'm like, I know you are grading human beings based on the, these metrics. And I know that I am not an exception to that. So you cannot truly see me. You cannot truly love me. And that is where I just have to start developing boundaries. And I can still be in relationship with you because, you know, I enjoy your company and I enjoy all these things or whatever, but will that be a deep relationship where I feel that I can give of myself in a meaningful way? Probably not. You know, up until like my school, uh, like 12th grade ended, and then even during some time in my undergrad, till, till then, I think I would say it was, early 20s I was I would always like give everything that I would have like I would love passionately and hate passionately like that was like my black and white Mm -hmm. Uh, but I have experienced now it's gonna sound all very sad and I hope my friends are listening or Mm. probably not hope not but like I think I've given a ton of things like a lot of my energy to my friendships. Mm-hmm. And I think I think about it a lot. Like I think some of the relationships that I have are alive just because I'm giving my energy to them. Mm. Like I I have I think I have, people have not seen me the way I, I want to be seen. Mm-hmm. I want to be communicated with. Mm-hmm. I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. and those guys are still my really good friends mm-hmm. um, because I want to hold them closer like I want them in my life mm-hmm. and sometimes I do like I do say it out loud I'm like I wish this could happen I wish you see this um, I wish you see this um, 
I like lack that kind of uh, love of, that I expect. Hmm. But then why do I still expect? Like you you ask a good question, like why why am I not able to re- leave that relationship? And kind of, you know, f- for years, if you're giving something and you're still not getting the the love back. But I guess then I think about it this way, like maybe that's how, but, if I'm asking that question, then I could ask this question to myself, like, why have I not loved the other person, how they want to be seen and how they function in, in real life? And like, why do I always ex- expect them to, um, sorry, this is not a therapy session, but this is yeah, not yeah. like, <laughs> but, I, but I have, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I have mm-hmm. a question for you because you're talking about like, why aren't you just like dropping those relationships? And I do think that that's a tall ask. It's hard to leave relationships, but I do have a question. Like, are you fully yourself in these spaces? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I've always been, I've always been. So um, Ooh, I know wait, people wait. have, so you have always been fully yourself. Yes. Then why so are you I, saying that you haven't learned radical self-love until your 30s? Uh, because I feel like I still hated myself for a lot of things, like a lot of things, uh, how I existed, how I lived my life mm-hmm. and how what I placed worth on, like what is worthy, worthy to me. I've placed a lot of like, the different things and I still had those conventional ideas of of self-love worthiness what blah 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 like I think I have been I've been able to like there were so many privileges attached to my existence um and I think I'm equating one thing to be being myself like I think I am unabashedly direct and sometimes like it hurts people and I know that like I don't have good words and I can't like um, sugarcoat things and stuff like that. Like, I think that's what I equate to being myself, mm-hmm. but there's more to me. There's more to, and I, as, unless I discover that, I don't know if I'm being myself, right? Yeah, I don't know if I've left relationships because of people not being able, because I always felt like if you communicate properly or if you like explain things to people, maybe they'll get it one day mm-hmm. and I'll I'm just like a hopeless like um what is it called not hopeless but like and like I have endless hope for these things mm-hmm. um again my privilege because I'm not some I guess I'm not um asking for too much I guess mm-hmm. one day they will see through it like my fat uh fat positivity and like loving myself and like not equating fatness to health and all of that like I take a lot of time to explain those things to people uh, and in in my hope that hopefully they'll get like some part of it and they probably will see Mm. me for who I am and like what I'm saying and does that process not feel dehumanizing to you uh now that you see it does. like and I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth but does that not feel like you have to defend your own humanity and tell people who say they love you why you are indeed worthy of love does that not feel yeah. like that's what you're doing it isn't that painful I'm not it trying is. to make you it feel is. like bad about your relationships no. like, it's extremely no I agree it's extremely draining but I haven't 
felt my human worth up until as i said like last mm. two years when i felt like fuck it mm-hmm. i don't care about losing weight and looking a certain way mm-hmm. i just want to kind of like do certain things and then be like focus on things that make me happy mm. and that's how i'm going to live life mm-hmm. um but then there are people who are constantly challenging that existence right mm-hmm. then i have to speak up right. then how do i like do i just let them say fat phobic things and like be mm-hmm. um like that's my option mm-hmm. right like i, I would what, rather i see what you're saying but i also yeah, feel like, like i would sorry go ahead <laughs> no no that's that's this the end of it like that i would rather spend my energy advocating for myself mm-hmm. than uh let them speak harmful words that like challenge my existence totally right? totally and i feel like the closer you are to that like you were saying like 2 years ago while you've always been you and all this stuff 2 years ago you were kind of like what this like i don't have to like you know this is who i am and this is good this is not like I, i'm not something to be fixed i'm not all this stuff and so i think that when you were kind of just there it's easier to hear the things that like your friends are saying and being like Oh, I have a that's a that's problematic and I can explain to you because I I was just there. It wasn't too too long ago that I would have thought the same thing. So, I have a little bit of bandwidth to walk you through this and explain it to you and all this stuff because I underwent a similar process not too long ago. I think over time though, you'll just be like, fuck this. I don't have to spend my days like explaining to other people and I'm just going to yeah. surround myself by people who get it. and i think that really yeah. drives home the whole like it, the whole like you know what like if they're not really incentivized to get it and to care and all that stuff i don't know either they'll never care or it's going to take a shit ton of work to get them there and that's just like yeah. i don't know like i'm the opposite of mashri like i don't i'm haven't been myself like i'm not even myself like 100% when i <laughs> like in front of even like in front of you like mm-hmm. probably like i don't know 50% at best and i think that's I one that. of the problems and and that's one of my biggest problems too in when it comes to like maintaining relationships just because i don't give it all and i always keep something mm-hmm. because well they're not going to accept me if they knew about this and mm-hmm. like i i feel like i've always bring up like my past relationship but what uh, hearing like your stories like just reminded me of like why it actually ended it's because i was with someone who i tried i tried hard to i think i mold myself for survival mm mm-hmm. because i remember him saying that i'm already too much you're too much and the fact that mm-hmm. i haven't even shown him 100% of me and mm-hmm. he already think it's too much is like and him telling me well who's going to love you but me and i'm like you know what damn maybe you're right mhm so i stayed cuz maybe that's the best option mhm and i think now i'm like just trying to survive Mm-hmm. and that's why i don't that's why i ask you like what is self love like i don't really mm-hmm. understand it because i don't even i don't even know if i love myself mm-hmm. and i don't even know if if i'm ever going to get there mhm because i 
can you get trauma from a relationship? Like, oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I guess that's what that's happened. Major PTSD. Um, they, I feel like so much of your, what you're saying, I resonate exactly with. And that's why I like interrupt your ministry when she was like, oh, I've always been myself. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Because to me, being myself has been the most radical act of self-love I could ever imagine. And even then, I'm, yeah, I'm not nowhere near 100%. But before I could decide if I loved me, I was like, do I even know me? I literally was like, I don't know yeah. who I am because I have spent my whole life just trying to get approval because I was like I know at the end of the day you don't love me and you're not going to love me so what I'm going to do is give you a version of me that you will love so Mm -hmm. much and you will just soak up and so I just yeah became Mm -hmm. all of these different versions of myself or whatever Mm -hmm. who people wanted to see and at the end of the day like I certainly couldn't like point myself out of a crowd because I was just like I don't know like I don't know what my personality mm-hmm. is like what does that even mean and yeah. so to mm-hmm. me like be just like being in a room and not performing I was like this is radical self-love mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm saying in this moment I'm good enough I don't have to put on an act I don't have to like put on a show I don't need to be the funny one I don't need to be like the crazy one like dancing on a mm-hmm. table right now I can just like be and that's yeah. enough and even if people are bored by me Damn. I'm saying this is enough and to me that was like the most moving thing I could do for myself was just mm-hmm. it's like acceptance first love second I guess yeah. I don't know I just made that up but mm-hmm. but yeah so I just a hundred percent resonate with what you're saying and I think the relationship piece is so so it's it just reinforces. I mean, we get, we put ourselves in situations and relationships Mm -hmm. that reinforce what we believe, you know? And so like, yes, that is trauma. That's how that kind of, it, it triggers all of those existing emotions and it makes it really crippling to Mm -hmm. love ourselves, you know, and accept ourselves. So I'm just like, yeah, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I think that makes a ton of self, a ton of sense. And I think like, with you being like, I don't know if I'll ever love myself. I'm like, I think just that point of like getting to know yourself and then being yourself is going mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. more loving than you might think, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. okay. like that Leia from like six years ago, seven years ago, like I don't, I don't know her. Like what, mm-hmm. like <laughs> who was I? Like, why did I yeah. do that? And the first thing I thought was like I needed to survive I needed I was like seeking validation from like the wrong person and just Mm. yeah that don't Mm. ever do it (laughs) but I'm also like you have to come from that place of self-compassion too like Mm -hmm. you were saying it's a survival thing yeah like you know and and that's okay too I don't think Mm -hmm. it has to be this like oh my god it was this like complete idiot it's like yeah what the hell else are you supposed to do your brain Mm -hmm. is like these are the things I need and you know I'm gonna do what I need to do to get them and I think part of what I'm discovering about being like an adult is being like 
okay, thank you, like, little Tommy for trying to protect me <laughs> by <laughs> saying, like, no, don't do that. Don't say that. Be like this. These people won't love you unless you do this. And I'm like, no, those are really great sort of tools that were in place to protect me at one time. And I don't yeah. need them anymore. I'm mm-hmm. like, they're not serving me now. So I'm going to, like, have grace for that version of myself, but just, like, respectfully ask her to shut the fuck up so I can, like, yeah. get on with my life, you know? Yeah, and I think one of you mentioned that, you know, like how some people like need to love themselves first before like loving someone else. And that's the thing, like, well, I didn't love myself first. So that does that mean, I don't think that what I gave out in that relationship is love. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what it is, mm-hmm. but that's not love. I don't think so. Like, I don't know what, what love is, but I don't think that's what you call love. Yeah, who knows what love is? But yeah, I think that's, I think that's yeah. fair. Okay, should we do a fistful question? <laughs> yeah, heavy topic. Yeah, um, we go deep. And that I was love a blast. that. Like, this should be a pod, a podcast that should be listened to, like, at 2 a.m. and yeah. at the night, or, like, when you're not able to sleep and you ask existential questions to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I just go. enjoyed um, listening to you too because like I didn't contribute <laughs> much but like listening I'm like oh I think I'm slowly getting it so that's good <laughs> no that's good I miss I'm... these deep dogs so what do you think is most people's favorite thing about you huh. kindness I think I, w- I would like to think um <laughs> I hope I'm right uh and the other thing that people have to like I don't know if they say it in a good way or the bad way, but mm-hmm. like the the sparkle in my eyes when I see food is just I love that. <laughs> the amount of food. happiness that I get when I see food or like uh, see dessert or like something. Mm. I think like it's, how excited I get. <laughs> I think it's such a gift to be able to experience pleasure in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if this counts, but I guess when I talk about the weird things I like, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's probably my like. I really thing. get invested in like, you know, <laughs> taxidermy and a bunch of other things, like <laughs> loving mint chocolate and like all. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, does any one of you things. like mint mint chocolate? Mint chocolate's awesome. Yep. And I really don't appreciate no. people who don't like it. Oh no, someone <laughs> like you. Like oh. I'm glad this is like towards the end of our season yeah. because I would not have seen you guys eye to eye. Because yesterday, someone had shared something about a mint chocolate chip, talking about like gar- like garbage about mint chocolate chip, and I'm like, I was going to share. It's like, if you love mint chocolate chip, I cannot be, be friends, friends with, with you, you, or I can't. I mean that's a that's a stretch mm-hmm. of like not being best. friends with you. Yeah, it's but so good. like I don't know how can you feel like so good. nice and tingly in the mouth and still experience like sweetness of chocolate. I'm like, it's like, yuck. It's like sweet, it's and yuck. then all of a sudden, like, oh, minty. Yeah, it's like <laughs> fresh, but gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, you you know it. those like Girl Scout cookies, the mint chocolate. Oh, oh so, yeah. Man, if you're telling me you don't like those, those Girl yeah, Scout those cookies, those are good. Those no. are my favorite. I've never had every time. Oh, you've never had it. Mint, okay. Oh, okay. Mint chocolate chip. I will not touch it. I, I've, yeah. No, I can't. (laughs) Oh my God, that's funny. (laughs) 
yeah because i was yesterday i was thinking about it and i was like i'm gonna post it i don't know how i want to see how many people like mint chocolate chip and <laughs> love it the best it's my fave um okay. what about you tell me okay yeah. for me i think it really depends on the group of people i think for people that like know me know me i think that they would say that they like I, that i'm insightful and that like i'm a good person to like not get advice from but just like run through scenarios with maybe Mm -hmm. and then I think for like acquaintances thank you I think for like acquaintances Mm -hmm. like people that don't know me that well I think they would say that like I'm fun which is just I get very performative when I'm around Mm -hmm. like especially like new people (laughs) and I'm like oh my god I'm like I'm the party like I'm like the fucking like class clown Mm -hmm. so and I think like it's not like the real me but that's like uh, sadly I feel like people's favorite thing about me is like the n- one thing that's like really fake yeah. <laughs> how fun. but that's how it goes isn't it? <laughs> it's it not is like the jokes is. on me they probably all find it really annoying and I'm just like oh I'm just doing it for the kids and they're like no stop this sucks. you probably <laughs> should do stand up then we oh probably do stand up so bad at stand up <laughs> every time somebody is like funny I feel like stand up just like makes mm-hmm. it so much worse. Like if somebody's just like yeah. a funny person and they're like, I'm gonna do stand up, it's like my heart breaks. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to stay here. Like, have you guys ever like watched someone you know do stand up? It's no, devastating. Oh. It's devastating. <laughs> <laughs> But oh I've, I've seen parts, uh, parts try to be funny every day, and that okay. is uh, that uh, excruciating as well. Yeah. Now imagine yeah. him doing stand up. Oh, <laughs> he plans to do it one no. day. Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna say, get me tickets, it. please, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, get us tickets. Get us tickets to the cringe fest. Yes, sure. please. I'll be We're like, the only audience. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.